welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And Nick Dinsmore, a.k.a. Eugene, is making his Talk is Jericho debut. I met up with Nick Dinsmore in South Dakota last year. He runs his own school and wrestling promotion in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, called Midwest All Pro Wrestling. You'll hear all about how that got started. We mostly talk about how he got involved in wrestling. He got signed to OVW with Danny Davis and Jim Cornette, my uh, old buddy. <laughs> Nick was there when Randy Orton, John Cena, Dave Batista, even Brock Lesnar first started. He talks about working with them in their early days and what they were like. He also has some stories about Jimmy Cornette, who was writing and producing OVW TV at the time. Nick was at OVW for years before he finally got called up to WWE after pitching Vince McMahon, the Eugene character. Nick's telling the story of how that happened and what originally inspired the idea of the character of Eugene. He's also talking about his run at WWE where he traveled with William Regal. He was the GM of Raw, even. He pinned Vince McMahon, had a great WrestleMania moment at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. You'll hear all those stories and what ultimately ended Eugene's run at the WWE. Nick also spent a couple years as a WWE coach before starting up his own school and promotion in Sioux Falls. So here we go. Nick Dinsmore and the story of Eugene starting now on Talk is Jericho. So one of the cool things about being back on the road is you get to uh, see different people when you come to different places. And this is the first time I've seen Nick Dinsmore in maybe 10 years, maybe. I was, just, I was thinking earlier, I can't remember when, when, when the last time was. Probably, I didn't see you when I was a coach, did I? I don't think so. It's been a while. Yeah. But we're in South Dakota, which is a very random place for you to be. But um, it's amazing that you're here. And, and it's funny because when I walked into the venue, I saw a guy who said, yeah, Nick Dinsmore is my coach. So you have a school here, training here. Tell us kind of how you ended up in South Dakota and what, what's been going on. Yeah. So uh, wife and I moved here in 2015. She's from here. And I always knew, like, I wanted to start a pro wrestling company in a territory, much like Danny Davis had in, in, in Louisville with OVW. Uh, so we moved here. We started it up. I've got 27 students right now. Wow. Um, but I've had, over the past nearly five years, I've, I've had a lot more that, you know, have, have moved away or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So is, is, it, is it kind of a – that's a lot of students for being in such a remote area. Like you said, there's not a lot of people in uh, Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls has 180,000 right. people in the city, 250,000 people in the metropolitan area. Was it 400,000 people in the state? 700,000. 700, I, ca- I think they got more cows. Yeah, than people. <laughs> but I guess it's kind of like you're emulating where you spent so much of your time was Louisville, which was mm-hmm. kind of a smaller area too. Mm-hmm. But people would come from all over the country to, to be a part of the school. Is it kind of the same thing that you have going on here? Well, the one advantage we have here is – they didn't have any independent wrestling or, I mean, Vern ran here back in the day, but uh, they had no independent wrestling here at all. And so when I started up, we got a whole, all the wrestling fans that would go to an independent wrestling show started coming to our shows. So we've mm-hmm. been really well received. So where are we kind of like geographically? What what other cities are near here? So uh, Fargo is about three and a half hours north. Oh, okay. Sioux City, Iowa is about an hour south. And then farther south is Omaha. So it's kind of a Midwestern area, definitely very, very close. So, and you said you wanted to start your own company. Do you run shows as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in November will be five years. Um, we've run monthly, at least monthly, those five years. There were some months where we were picking up two and three shows, and it kind of slows down in September when kids go back to school and picks back up in January. And I'm, I'm starting to see the ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of, of you know how the fans come. Is uh, what's the name of your company? Midwest All Pro Wrestling. <laughs> All right, brother. Who'd you ever beat is the shirt you're wearing. It's great. So t- so tell me, so what did you learn kind of from Danny Davis in Louisville that you kind of apply to to running your own place? Probably the first thing is thriftfulness. 
Budget-wise? Yes, I I generally get the most out of advertising and the best I can for the the least amount possible. But I've got a lot of students, and they'll go out and and paper the town, and they sell tickets as well. Um, And I've just, when I first started, I didn't have anybody, so I had to call guys in Omaha to come up. But as I progressively got more and more students, first show I had um, Mike Hayes from Louisville. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, the, he was in the Army. I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I know Michael Hayes. But yeah, yeah. No, no, <laughs> not not really. P.S., baby. No, not P.S. Um, second show, Carlito and Shayna Baszler were on. Shayna Baszler's from here. Yeah. Oh, she's from here? Yeah, her, okay. her, her dad has like a front row seat every time. He comes to all the shows. <laughs> yeah, I know she's from South Dakota. If yeah. I forgot that, yeah. It's like the second show. The first show, I got my first two students. Mm-hmm. Trained them for two months. And second show, they had their first match. And, and we did like a video thing. I, I lifted from the Desire videos and we made our own little video about these two following their dreams. From that, I got six students. So it's just progressively you know, gotten more. And now I don't have to use any outside talent. I've got enough guys on my own to, to build up your own stars yeah. and, and that, that sort yes. of thing. So, because you said five years. So were you working with WWE up until you came out here? Uh, I think I, I, got, I was a coach from 2012 or 13 to, to mid-2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when they went from FCW building to... The performance center yeah i was a coach then one of the first coaches there yeah well so, so let's talk a little bit about that because like, you were in louisville uh in the WWE system for a long time mm-hmm. is that where you're from that area yep yep i'm from so, louisville so how did you end up working in, in that territory in ovw well when i went to high school i wanted to be a pro wrestler mm-hmm. the, the homecoming night or not the night it was like an afternoon thing at school and they were just announcing this so and so and oh nick dinsmore he wants to be a pro wrestling star a girl that was a year younger than me comes up to me and says, my dad's got a wrestling school here. And that was Nightmare Danny Davis's daughter. Hmm. And so um, when I was 18, I went and watched it. I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And then I got, I got injured playing football, so I had to rehab that. But then I started when I was just 19, um, just working in Louisville, training with Danny for about three years. I started in 96. I think in 98 is when the first guy, Rico, came to, to, to OVW. And at that time... None of us made any money, but they were starting to bring in the stars and whatnot. And then the end of 2019, I got offered the developmental deal. 99. 99. Let me ask you this, though. So you mentioned Rico came in. Was he already under a contract, like a WWE yeah. thing? Yeah. So they brought him in and sent him down to OVW prior to OVW being a, a WWE territory? Well, I don't know the exact time that yeah, yeah, they yeah. announced it. But, yeah, I think he came, I think he came in, in, in 98. So you guys were already working down there when WWE kind of made it its official... Yeah, I, I, I've been wrestling there for, for three years, and Danny had had the school for, I don't know, probably seven or eight. Um, and then Cornette wanted to move back to Louisville, and so he, he got with Danny and said, hey, let's, let's, let's turn it into a developmental system here. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they had one somewhat in Puerto Rico at the time and maybe in L.A. with Rick Bassman, and then... It's so amazing to think of how, how important the developmental territories are now with NXT you know, all around the world. And back then, they didn't even have anything. Yeah. You know? So, so when when they first started coming in there, did, how did you guys hear about it? They start sending, like, did, did, did was it Cornette who took over the, the, the territory? Um, no, Danny still ran it, but then Cornette started coming in. He started writing our TV. So all the guys, he, he was then positioning the, the hometown guys, the stars, to put them in place how he wanted them. And then he started to slowly bring in people. And, uh, you know, every, it, every week, somebody new would show up. And mm-hmm. in the first year, it was... Batista, Cena, Randy Orton, Victoria, Brock. These are big-time players that came through the, the system. And then there was probably another 10 that, that fizzled out. There was a guy that was like seven foot two, big Russ McCullough. 
I remember him work out. Uh, water was it water? Waterman, Waterman. Yeah, he, he was good. Ron Waterman. Ron Waterman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those types of guys. But there was the the four kind of foundations that were there was you, Doug Basham, Doug, Danny Basham, Danny, and uh, Conway, Rob Conway. Rob Conway, but Damager was Danny, yep, right? Yep. And so, because but I remember thinking because I was down there a few times, and you guys were down there, and they would never bring you up. Yeah. You, and you were just there over and over and over again, and you were all really good. But as you know, once you get to a certain level, you're just going to stay at that level when you're working mm-hmm. with guys. So what was the, what was the, why were you guys never brought up? Were you ever told? What was the story of why you were down there for so long? It was weird because like like Conway and I are very similar. We, we were just happy to be there. Right. You know, we, we didn't think we would get signed. And, and so they were using us as, as test dummies or to work with the, the developmental talent in the ring. And then they were featuring those guys and bringing them up. And I, I don't really know, but they, I could feel like Danny and Cornette probably pushed to get us jobs. And it was just kind of like okay, because it was it was it was much less than all the other guys were making, mm-hmm. you know. But and then they were scouting the talent that they want, and we were just going to be part of the training for them, I assume. And then after a while, I just kept I was still around, I was still around, and then uh, I had a, a meeting with Vince one day about doing something, and I just blurted out, oh, "I got a character that uh, is kind of crazy that doesn't know how to tie his shoes, but you know, when he gets in the ring, he's like idiot savant." All right, we'll start on Monday. <laughs> But before we get to that, right. uh, let's talk more more about having some of these guys down there. Like, were you working with Cena and Brock and Randy and Batista? Yeah, absolutely. So when they came in, tell us about like who was really good right off the bat, who needed some polishing, and, and um, who did you think was going to be the star out of those guys? Mm. Randy was good off the bat, and mm. I think he had just a little bit of training. But of course, he'd been around in his whole life. Right. He was showing me stuff. Yeah. Oh, all right. Cool. <laughs> um, and then. Brock was good, but he was big, and he was having just a transition to more pro wrestling style. Shelton was spot on from from the minute he came there. He was one of the first ones too. Um, Victoria and Cena were, were, were both limited because they both came from L.A. and uh, I, you know they, I think they only showed him rolls, bumps, some minor moves. You know, so they had a long way to progress. And then Batista, Batista, he, he kept getting injured down there. I, I'm not sure, but I think. They felt like his job might be in jeopardy because he kept getting injured, but then hmm. just took off. You stuck him in the river. He was the yeah. Leviathan yeah. that came out of the yeah, it was good. <laughs> the Tennessee that River. Was the best thing. <laughs> and because Cena was very like, it took him a while to get over on the main roster until he started doing the the rapper thing. So for right off, like out of the gate, he, he wasn't earmarked to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Much the same way that like maybe Randy was because of his lineage, right? Yeah, Cena told me before, like the first day he walked into OVW and he saw all the guys that were much bigger and you know he was muscular, but they were just a little bit bigger. He, he didn't think he was going to make it. He goes, "I'm going to wash out of here," mm-hmm. you know. And then for a while he was he was rigid in the ring, and finally when we got him to relax and start having fun, then he go he go out there and play. But then I think when he went, went up to the main roster, he felt he had to be a certain thing, right? Something. And then finally when he relaxed and just had fun, then it was two hmm. races. And you can see that, right? Yeah. All right, we'll talk about what it's like to work for Jimmy Cornette at OVW. But first, I want to tell you what it would be like if I still wore contact lenses. They would be hassle-free thanks to 1-800-CONTACTS. They make everything super easy for all you contact lens wearers. 1-800-CONTACTS has been delivering contact lenses for 25 years. And they got your contacts in stock, even if you have a strong prescription or astigmatism. My producer, Stacy swears by them. She has astigmatism and has to order a special Torac lens but never has a problem at 1-800-CONTACTS. 
She even did her eye exam online using 1-800-CONTACTS express exam. She couldn't get her prescription renewed by her regular eye doctor because his office has been closed during the pandemic. I know a lot of you are probably experiencing the same thing. Well, now you can do an online exam at 1-800-CONTACTS, renew your prescription, order your contacts, get them delivered fast. And if you just need more contacts, you can order those right from the comfort of your own home. Just look on the outside of your contacts box for your prescription details. You can order at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM, or you can even order over the phone or on the 1-800-CONTACTS app. And 1-800-CONTACTS will ship them free and fast, quickly to your front door. There's award-winning 24-7 customer support if you ever need help or have any questions. And 1-800-CONTACTS has the best price guarantee. So if you find your contacts at a lower price somewhere else, 1-800-CONTACTS will beat it. So let 1-800-CONTACTS get you the contact lenses you need. Order online at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. That's 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. All right, we're talking about OVW and uh, how the guys used to do big shows at Six Flags in Louisville all the time. We did a couple of shows at the Louisville Gardens before they shut it down, and then uh, they got to deal with Six Flags. It was like five or six shows over the summer, and if you got the season pass, you know, you, shows are included. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that was the big thing, and Cornette would always try to get somebody to come down, so... I worked Johnny Jeter there yeah. one time. Yeah. yeah, That's another guy who, who kind of just didn't go anywhere yeah. when he had the, the, the steam. So what was it like working for Jimmy? Because Jimmy wrote all of that TV very meticulously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked for him, mm-hmm. you know, and know kind of the pros and cons of Cornette. Mm-hmm. How was it for you? Uh, I enjoyed it, but but, hey, but he was writing for me. I, I was top guy all, all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, hometown boy. And he, he, he got me over in Louisville, you know, because people still think, you know, well, they think I am, you know, great shooter and state champion and all that stuff. And it was it was lifted and parts of it were true. But Cornet made me sound great, you know, and, and just got me over, worked me up real well. Like uh, I was still in college and my last college credit, the, the only class offered was on Wednesday night, which is when TV was. So I said, you know, Jimmy, I, I can't make TV for a whole semester. God damn. But then he came back the next and goes, OK, it's perfect. This is what we're going to do. And he, and he was right there. I don't know. An injury angle or something? No, uh. I lost a match to Brian Christopher, and the stipulation was if I lost, I was managed by Kenny Bowen. So Kenny Bowen wasn't going to put me on TV because he was he didn't like me. I was I was you know I was the baby face. So I would do videotapes, you know, like like backstage things or whatever at other times record, and but I, I wasn't on TV for however long the semester was. Did, did you ever witness any good cornet freakouts? Oh 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 God yes. Um, they would always put. Rob or myself or Doug or Danny Basham in the main event because uh, Danny taped TV like uh, taped it like it was live and he didn't want to edit and didn't want to stop and whatnot. So one uh, one time Cornette tried Cena against Randy in the main event and counting down 30 seconds, 20 seconds, 5-4, they went over like 2 minutes and 17 seconds, right. something like that. And I remember... <laughs> Cena's coming back and doing his tape. It was a good match. He's like, yeah, we did real good. Goddamn, 217 or 2 minutes, 17 seconds. Get, gets his baseball bat and starts beating the windows in the building down from us. But it was an old building. Hitting his car. God, Randy was smart enough that he, he just left when he came back. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every now and then it came out. I saw that a couple times with the baseball bat and smashing in people's windows on their car. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was this guy we used to, he used to work for. His name was Casey. And he was like a Jimmy's assistant, and something went wrong, and he just went and he bashed out the windows of Casey's <laughs> car as he's just standing there going, you know you have to pay for that. I know I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> 
The one time with Santino too. Where uh, were you there for that one? No, I I'd, I'd been called up by yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, he punched Santino or something. Well, I was listening to Jimmy's podcast earlier. and I didn't realize this part of it. When when he got up to yell and he was going to yell, he said he shit his pants. He said, he said that's really what what upset him. And he was just over. There. He got so mad. How was it? Uh, so you mentioned Rob Rob Conway. He was another guy mm-hmm. that. Uh, when he finally came up, he had a lot. He, 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 I always thought he did really good. Yeah. And was he one of your partners down there? Because was it you and him versus Doug and Damage, or was it you guys just all kind of all four working together? Rob and I were partners for a long time, mm-hmm. and then and finally we did the big turn angle. But I think we had gotten back together when WWE came there. But yeah, it was a, it was a lot of us against Doug and Danny, and doing this whole thing. And then finally, we have the match. The loser leaves town, and we beat them, and they're out. And then. Cornette brought Kevin Kelly back the next the, the next week. We're going to give these guys a developmental contract, so now they're stationed here. Mm. They were right back in, so it was good. Was there ever a time when when you felt like, I know for a couple guys that have been in NXT for a while, they're like, you know, we don't know what else we can do, and we're starting to lose our you know love for the business. Did you ever have that kind of frustration in Louisville from not getting called up? No, because I think in the back of my mind, I, I assumed I wouldn't be called up anyway. Gotcha. I, I, I thought it was just an OVW guy, and I, I was just hoping to have, you know, a, a long time under contract. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I was seeing, you know, as time went on, and, and I kept getting better and kept getting better and getting in better shape. And then, you know, then when I finally totally relaxed and almost didn't care, that's when I just started doing funny stuff in class so everybody entertained everybody or at the shows. And it just kind of morphed into what, what Eugene became. Just, well, let's talk about that character. So you mentioned you had this idea. Um, that you pitched to Vince. So what was the original concept for Eugene? Well, Rip Rogers came to me. Mm. Nixon, I got an idea. You know, and he spelled out the whole thing. Uh, Rip's son has autism, so he's telling me, like, you know, he, he could count in Korean and do all this stuff on the computer, but he couldn't, he couldn't be very social when he was at school. So what about a character that can, you know, do every move, you know, spot on, but then when he goes to talk to somebody, okay, so I put it in the back of my mind, couple months went by and they sent down the agents Arn or Fit or Dean I don't remember who it was and I pitched that character to them nah WWE ain't gonna do that you know that, that Mighty Igor Pusky stuff you know that, 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 okay, okay. is that what Mighty Igor was the kind yeah of yeah he was a similar um, childlike mind gotcha next month the uh, writers came down pitched it to them no 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 we never do that so I, I guess I did get frustrated at one point because then I told uh, Doug Basham I think I'm gonna quit and try to go to Japan but I had no, 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 I wasn't going to do that. I, mean, I, was, I was getting paid to live yeah, at home yeah, yeah. and be a star in, in, in my right. own territory. Um, but I think Doug told uh, maybe Dean, Dean told Johnny Ace. All of a sudden, next thing I'm sitting in a meeting with Vince, I want to get back to character-based wrestling. And I just spit out this character. And Stephanie was in the room. She's like, oh, yeah, they could do this and this. All of a sudden, Austin walks in. It was uh, Saturday. It was in February. Saturday's main event, I think, where, where, where he came back. Yeah, we're trying to rekindle call. that, yeah. Um, Austin walks in, and Vince goes, have you ever seen him wrestle? No, I don't think so. I said, well, Danny Davis trained me, and I knew that Danny and Austin had a connection from Dallas. So then he just looked at me, looked at Vince, goes, oh, he's probably one of the best then. Right. <laughs> that was your – just that's what they used to do is send down writers every month to take your ideas for, for what you wanted to do? or There was two or three times that the writers came down. Okay. And, and towards the end of my time there, uh, I think they were trying to send one down maybe more often. Gotcha. Um, and I think the thing was, maybe not even to pitch ideas, but just the writers to get eyeballs on, on the guys they got down here. Cause sure. I guess they could see them on video, but they never really talked to them and couldn't meet them and, you know. So when you pitch this idea to Vince, he said you're going to start on Monday. So how were you introduced as, as Eugene? And where did Eugene come from? 
from Eugene in Pittsburgh. Tell us about him. Well, I, I, I met him with WWE, and he's a, a longtime fan, longtime nearly family member of the, of the WWE Universe. He would come to the shows. Uh, his father's name is Bucky, right? Yeah, man. Was, was Bucky a referee or just a friend? I can't remember. I haven't thought of that guy for years. What a, what a, what a, yeah, he was always in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I don't know if he had autism or if he, if, if I think he, he had Down syndrome. Down syndrome. Eugene had Down right. syndrome. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. So you took the name as a homage to Eugene? Well, they gave it to me. Oh, okay. You know, and I heard that, that Vince contacted Bucky and said, hey, would you have a problem with that? I don't know if that's, that's true or not, but... Um, I doubt it. <laughs> Moolah made a man out of Eugene. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I had heard that story. Oh, so yeah, yeah like, like the first time I met him, Dreamer was in the locker room. Hey, Eugene, what about Moolah? And he goes, Moolah. And like, the rumor is that she felt sorry for him, so she she made a man out of him. Okay. So you're Eugene. Yeah. And what's your debut on TV? And what direction are you given to play this character? Um, I don't know. I don't think they thought I could really pull it off. Well, let me rewind. They brought me up to do it at a live event first. And I wrestled Lance Cape. And I think I, if I would have wrestled almost anybody else, it, it wouldn't have gotten over as well. But Lance knew exactly how to work with, like, a, a gimmick. And kept, Was he down in OVW as well? I think that's when he was called up as Garrison Cade. Gotcha. Yeah, because th- this was on the road. But it was like a, a, a Saturday during the Final Four or something. So it was like one of those afternoon shows. Sure. It's kind of sparse out there. And uh, never, I'd, Eugene never been on TV. And by the end of the match, they're chanting my name, Eugene. Really? So yeah. what did Lance do to get it over? Just uh, didn't didn't beat me up, mm. you know. D- d- picked on me, they slapped me around, made fun of me, you know. Just just a, a little bit different type heat that that you would mm. get Eugene, other than viciously pounding him, you know, and then fire up and I don't know something he ended up beating me and then my name at the end. Walk back through the curtain, Hunter, Stephanie, Fit, we're all standing ovation. Wow. And he said, uh, what was what was the word that he said? He said you committed to the character one hundred percent. Right. You know, like the guys that go out there and are ha- like are unsure, and you can just tell their face. Yeah. I just went in there and did it. No inhibitions whatsoever. Yeah. So wh- and so, your idea for the character was that he was like like Rip's idea, like a, a savant. Yeah, like an idiot savant. Was that, he, you know, was he gr- mentally handicapped? Was he just childlike? It, he was special. Gotcha. I, that's all that was ever said. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but it was yeah, it was just like a, there was only one kids character, and it was Hurricane, and he was on SmackDown, so I knew that one brand didn't have a kids character, and that was kind of. Post Austin, post NWO, everybody wanted to be a cool, strong heel. And I said, I want to do the complete opposite. I want to be a sympathetic comedy babyface. Mm-hmm. And it was like a, just a, a slot that wasn't filled at the time. Wow, what, 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 has never been filled, you know, as far as the way you played that character. Because, like I said, I haven't said this yet, but you were really great at playing that character <laughs> because it's a it's a lost art in wrestling of actually playing a character. When I'm Chris Jericho, it's just me turned up to 100 and mm-hmm. i'm good at it because it's me but you're playing something that that's completely opposite you're you're you were acting that part you know like dustin hoffman in the rain man yep. or whatever it was so you really did commit to it i just started to think like when i was a kid what did i think about wrestling you know if you got excited you even clap the hands if you got scared he might his palms get sweaty you know just mm-hmm. how a kid would react and just kind of pulled off that Let's talk about how uh, WWE debuted Eugene on TV. But before we do, something else I love talking about is our friend Steven Singer and Steven Singer Jewelers. I tell you, competition must really hate this guy. He makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better. He makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every customer the perfect price always. I mean, have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Uh, Are you uncomfortable negotiating? 
You just don't like haggling or trying to make a deal. I hate haggling. It's I'm the worst at it. Uh, head to Stevens Singer Jewelers because you won't have to negotiate or haggle. You just get the perfect price, period. You'll never pay more than the guy sitting next to you. Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down so you feel like you're getting a great deal. And do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on that kind of pricing and your negotiating skills, especially if you have none like me? That won't be the case at Steven Singer because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or buy online at IHateStevenSinger.com. I hate stevensinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. And thanks to Steven for delivering the twinkle, twinkle gold dip rose uh, that I kind of won when uh, the Winnipeggers guested with Steven a few weeks ago. He did come through, and I think Ribo and Dave got their roses as well. So don't forget, I hate stevensinger.com. He's a man of his word. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. How did they debut you on TV? Regal came back. Uh-huh. And Bischoff was the general manager. Regal's in his office. And he goes, oh, great. You know, I'm going to bring you back, but I need you to look after my nephew, Eugene. Uh, he's outside somewhere. Hey, hey, Eugene's a special little boy. Okay, okay. And Regal goes out and looking, looking. Then he finds me. And then he comes back and he's like, I can't manage this guy. This guy's a window licker. I can't, you know, do, doing all this stuff. And then, that, then I, by then I'd gone out to... Uh, to King and, and JR, and I was I put the headset on and I was just talking and talking and Eugene ushered me out and that was how they introduced me. So right off the bat, I love I love that window liquor. Like so you could never say that in twenty. You could you could never do this character in twenty twenty. I don't think. Do you? I I don't know. WWE always seems like that. Whatever the character is, if they want to, they can pull it off and make it make sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, they took the mask off of Kane and made it make sense. You're right, yeah. You know? Uh, this, what was this, like 2004? 2004, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it was an underdog story of a, of, of, of a boy finding his dreams and, you know, had the WrestleMania moment with Hogan. We'll talk about this in a second, but I, I love, too, like the, the hair spiked up mm-hmm. you kind of the crazy hair going on and you wore the was it the collegiate no it's just like a, almost like a ribera jacket or something what were you wearing to the ring uh somebody gave me just like one of those old 80s warm-up jackets yeah, yeah. And so i would wear that and then uh, but i go oh i'm gonna turn it inside out you know so, so inside out so i put it inside out but you really couldn't tell it just looked like a white jacket mm-hmm. so hundred gone well put your name on the back of it so that when you turn it inside out then you can see it's backwards yeah, yeah. I, I i assume people got that it was a backwards jacket other than a white one with my name backwards but yeah and then i just had to I didn't have any gear to wear, so I asked, Conway had a pair of trunks that he used to, to measure off of for seamstresses, and he just threw me those, and that was like that dark blue pair. Yeah. And I had my knee pads and, and my boots, and just, okay. So who was some of your first feuds with? Um, Coach. Coachman? Yeah, yeah. What did you guys do with that? We had a big match. At, I can't remember what the pay-per-view was. Um, big, long, drawn-out, you know. That's when The Rock came back, when, when Coach yelled at me and told me to leave. Eugene, get out of here. Nobody wants to see you. And I go all the way back down, to, almost past the curtain, and I'm literally crying. Rock's music hits. He hadn't been on TV in two years. We were in San Diego. Nobody knew he was there. And it was like, the people pop, but I think they all almost thought, like, it's going to be a joke. So, yeah, yeah. And then he came to the curtain, and then it's like a big, huge one. And he get to the ring, and I think it was slated for 
11 minutes or something. Oh, he doesn't we, give a shit. We were on 17 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes back and coach, what are we going to do? He goes, don't worry, it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the raw. He taught me that. When it's good, it's good. When it's a money segment. Yeah, yeah. You got 11 minutes, Rock. Yeah, sure. Sure I do. <laughs> That's pretty crazy to think that you were that popular that you were associated with The Rock and associated with, with Hogan. Did kids really relate to this character? Um, I've gotten a lot of positive affirmation from family members of someone that might be special mm -hmm. or uh, have, have disabilities that like when they saw you they said you know what I can do anything because Eugene could do it mm -hmm. I've gotten a lot more of those pat on the backs than people saying you shouldn't have done that mm -hmm. for the first couple weeks I was on TV I wasn't wrestling I was just went out one time and set off the pyro and one time just got in the ring and ran and and the not, not me directly, but I think, you know, the perception of, oh, what, what are they going to do with this character? Mm -hmm. And then they want to have my first match, and I won. Okay, now, now I see. Now it's the underdog story of, 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 a, of a boy that's going to achieve. Because in the ring, you did kind of, you, you had the, like, I don't know if it's Savant's the right word, but you had that kind of intense freak-out strength mm -hmm. and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, big yeah. time. And that was the key to yeah, it. Yeah, my, my initial thought was I wanted to do just all kind of crisp wrestling, you know, that, that not a lot of other guys do. But then that kind of morphed into, oh, Eugene was a fan of these guys, so do his move, do their moves. He would do whatever. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah. I remember one time where you were the GM of Raw. What was, what was the, the In Winnipeg. Was, I just watched that segment the other day. I talk about this. You won the musical what, chairs. What was the setup for that, though? Bishop was out of town or something? Uh, or? Yeah, he, he. I don't know if they... I, I don't remember exactly how they said he was not there, but yeah, he was not there. So I got to be GM for a day, and I think I did. I think I had six segments because four of them were in that bouncy house. Yeah, you had a bouncy house as your office, and yeah, we'd walk through it during the day. Let's try, let's try it again, okay? And we taped the ones that were taped, and we did the ones live. But by the end, I jumped so much, my calves were cramping, <laughs> and then I think I had to go out and referee a match at the end of the night. Also, I, I think so, but it was like it was. I, I, I loved it. I, I was, you know. I'll never forget that week. So I, I'm from Winnipeg, obviously. And I was like, okay, so I think Benoit was the champion at the time. I'm like, we should do something like, you know, Jericho versus Benoit for the world title in Winnipeg. Like, what a story. And Gortz calls me. He's like, well, um, I got some ideas. I'm like, what is it going to be? And it's like, um, you're going to be playing musical chairs. And I was like, what the <laughs> f are you talking about? <laughs> well, Eugene's going to make you guys play music. And I was super pissed because I was expecting some kind of classic angle in my hometown and i had been back and the first time ever on tv in winnipeg mm -hmm. but i'll tell you what that segment ended up being great yeah because it just have some fun with it and it was actually really cool but when i was first pitched that i was like this sucks mm -hmm. i hate eugene <laughs> as if you wrote it right <laughs> but they would put a lot of spotlight on you see now that we're talking i forgot just how much of a spotlight eugene had on this yeah. character it was it was it was a refreshing character at the time and i remember and it was you that told me this after I was on your your in-ring show, um, the highlight reel, you uh -huh. said that the next week the ratings had gone up by X points that it hadn't been that high in two wow, years. Wow. And I was like, oh, wow, cool. So people really responded to it, which is why you had so many TV spots yeah. and stuff. All right, we'll get to Eugene's WrestleMania moment. But first, I want to talk uh, about somebody else who had a good run at WWE and a WrestleMania moment of his own. I'm talking about Diamond Dallas Page. I think the Hall of Famers had a better, longer, and maybe even more successful run with his DDP yoga. And you can see if you agree with me after you watch the new documentary, Relentless, which is the inspiring story about how DDP created his life-changing DDP yoga program. You can see it for free right now on Amazon Prime. I'm in it as well. But you longtime listeners already know what DDPY has done for me. I've been talking about it for years, almost a decade. You know, I do it anywhere and everywhere, backstage at AEW, Fozzie gigs, hotel rooms, my own living room, even my front yard. 
It's a killer workout you can do at your own pace as well. Good for any age and skill level. And Diamond Dallas Page is so sure you'll love his DDPY program that you'll get 20% off the DDPY app when you sign up for a free seven-day trial. Just download the DDPY app and get started. You'll get access to hundreds of workouts, live workouts from the DDPY Performance Center in Smyrna, Georgia, and you'll get some personal motivation from DDP himself. You can connect a Bluetooth heart monitor to keep track of your workout data. You can stream the app to your TV so you can do the workouts on your big screen. Download the DDPY app today. You can get it for iOS or Android. I've got it on my phone. And then you go to ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Sign up for seven days of free access to the DDPY app and take advantage of 20% off the DDPY app, all right? You get seven days for free and 20% off the DDPY app right now, ddpyoga.com slash Jericho, and watch the inspiring story about how Dallas created the DDPY program in the new documentary, Relentless, available for free right now on Amazon Prime. Let Dallas and DDPY change your life like he has for thousands and thousands of people. Get on the path to healthy living and stay there. Start today at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. That's ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Take control of your life, both mentally and physically, and go do it now. Tell us about your WrestleMania moment. Um, oh, that's when uh, WrestleMania 21 in L.A., the Staples Center, Eugene just runs out to the ring and starts cutting a promo about how he loves WrestleMania and how he loves midgets, and King Kong Bundy wrestled against the midgets. How did he, how did he talk again? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. He does not, I, I can't do it as well as he used to. Yeah, yeah. I'm, just, you know, I, just I'm not trying to get you to do it. I'm just like, I like wrestling or something yeah. like that. But like, I never I, I never had that strong, deep voice, baby face. Yeah. And Danny Davis would always make fun of me. He's like, you talk like this. So I just took it, and I just, okay, now my character is just going to talk a little lighter, a little faster. I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was in the ring cutting the promo, and Muhammad Hassan and Davari came down. And then they got upset, and they beat up Eugene. The camel clutched him, and then the Hulkster hit the ring. Saved the day. I remember that. And then you got you posed. So I did pose, but I didn't pose then. They go – I remember Steve Kern comes up to me. He goes, what, what do you want to do before Hogan gets in after they, like, see he's coming? Just roll to the floor and crawl back. Crawl back? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, get out of, get out of camera and just be gone. You know, really? Exit. No problem. I can do that. Yeah. But then it was – a couple months later, it was at, uh, in Pittsburgh when Hogan came down and saved me from, uh, I think, Angle. And then we got to do the pose. So I think people remember the pose and they remember the WrestleMania. And I let them think this kind of maybe yeah, it's one of the same. Two, combine yeah. the two, right? So with all this this focus and, and you know, TV time and all this other stuff, how did the how did the character end? How did Eugene's run end? Non-compliance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meaning? Uh, I... I failed a drug test. Oh, gotcha. Not compliance um, with the contract. Yeah, like I, I, I'd had a prescription a long time ago, and it was a prescription medicine. And uh, when I went to get the prescription, the, the, the doctor killed himself. And the uh, Walgreens was like, you know, we, we don't keep records past a year. Jeez. So I, I, I had no, I, I had no, no proof that you had the documentation. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was it? Yep. Really? Yeah. Did you feel that, that, that it was coming? Like, were you still pretty hot on the show? Had, had you. As you winded down a bit as Eugene? Um, yeah, well, yeah, but this is before. It's, oh, yeah, it's right, yeah. Yeah. I did the, I did the, the nine-week vacation in Atlanta and came back. And then I was cooled down for a while. Um, and then they started giving me a little bit more. And then they sent me to SmackDown. It was on SmackDown. It just... Gotcha. Yeah. Did you feel Did you feel that, that it, had that not happened, how you could have continued the character? Or would you have to make some changes to it? Or No, I think so. I think continue it. Yeah. I think, you know, it had been Eugene so long difficult to come out of it but 
I'm just wondering like, what kind of different shades could you have put on it to keep it fresh? I don't know. The only thing I could think was have him on for a little bit, take him off for a little bit, and just... What I thought would have been a good one, uh, now that we're talking, I remember a good, I thought it would have been great when the time comes that you drop it and it's all just the ruse that, that, to turn heel. You know what I mean? Like it's, Vince didn't want to do that because he didn't want to compromise any gimmick, gimmicks wrestlers going forward. Like, are, are, they, are they just, is this just a interesting. gimmick? Thinking about it now, I would have proposed uh, multiple personalities. Mm. And sometimes you can come out of one personality. You know, Eugene's a sweet guy, but this is what I am. Right, right, right. Kind of what Matt Hardy's doing now with the different ideas and gimmicks. Did, yeah. you, did you talk a lot to Vince? Obviously, he took a real liking to this character. Um, I, I did a little bit. I, I probably didn't go. I probably didn't put my face in front of him enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would have liked to maybe got a little bit better relationship, but I was there half nervous. You know, sure. showing up on time, doing what I'm told. But um, remember when he tore both of his quads yeah. and the, the Royal Rumble? So I, I had had my knee injury and I was in. Uh, Birmingham, Birmingham doing therapy and he was just had the surgery so I just walked to his room you know and he's there and he's got his legs propped up and he's half not shaven I can tell he's nervous I say I just want to say hi make sure you're okay and if you need anything I'm, I'm in town so I can I can do it for you I wish I would have set a chair down and just talked <laughs> yeah, his ear off you got nowhere you know, to go yeah you got nowhere to go you know I had all these questions in my head I was I was, I was eight years old and I saw this it was a true story it's the old school radio promotion guys that used to wait until the executives went into the bathroom yep. into the shitter and then they'd play the record on a on a 45 that you gotta listen to the record now <laughs> just pulled the chair up and just chat his ear <laughs> off right i'm sure he hated hated the fact that you saw him in that condition probably i remember when he tore his quads they made us clear the hallways when they took him out on the stretcher yep vince didn't want to have didn't any, want anybody to see him that way you know mm. so w- when when you came back to coach i assume that you left the wb f- for a while did you stay in the business or, or what were you still doing before you came back to coach in uh fcw yeah, or- yeah um my first release was in 2007, and immediately started independent wrestling. And I, I don't think I realized how much independent wrestling is out there. Right. Because I, I, then all of a sudden I was on fire again. I was because remember we saw each other in the airport that one time, and you were going this way and I was going that way, you know. And I was working at least every Friday and Saturday, if not a Thursday and a Sunday also. Yeah. And then I started coaching uh, at OVW. Just before you said, it's it's funny because you took the name Eugene. And just called yourself you with a UG. How, yeah. how did you get away with that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, th- I think they were just being nice. because yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, almost like, why bother, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and another thing that was fun, I don't know if you, I'm sure you might have heard this, but but I don't know if you have, that Brian Gewertz took like three or four months off of Raw to write a script. Oh, yeah. And the whole script was about you. Yep. Tell us about that. What, yeah, like, I... I think one of the reasons that Eugene did so well is because Brian, Brian Rowitz could write for me, yeah. yeah, and he liked it. And he took that time off, and he wrote this big script, and he comes to me, and he goes, we've made it, we're going to make a movie, we're going to put you in a movie. I'm like, holy cow. And he's telling me about all this capers that are going to go on, about you know Eugene trying to get into the wrestling business, and at one point, we're going to have you wrestle a bear. A bear? Yeah, what are you going to do? He goes, well, we'll just put somebody in a suit. I'm like, no, we got to get one of them, one of them, <laughs> one of them Hollywood bears. And the only bear at the time was the one that was in semi-pro, and he ended up killing his trainer, so maybe it's a good thing. <laughs> but I, the, the, uh, the movie didn't work out, but then they, they slipped Big Show in, the, in that role. Really? Knucklehead. That was for you? I believe so. Or at least an offshoot. Yeah, of like, like everything I've seen is like that stuff that they had told me was going to be in the movie. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know, because I know Brian was putting a lot of time into that. Yeah. Because it was going to be a WWE film, yeah. Yeah. That might have been right around the time when you had you maybe had to take the vacation or something like that. Is that Probably, something yeah. Gotcha. 
You know, it's interesting when you're talking about independent wrestling because you had never really done that because you had started in Louisville and just stayed in there. So how was it for you kind of coming off that WWE TV? Uh, you're pretty hot, right? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was good. I mean, it was good. I was literally, my phone was ringing off the hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back to coaching at OVW, and then I was wrestling every weekend. So, I mean, and then I got rehired in 2009. WWE was in Louisville and just over there and get my face shown, and Johnny pulls me in. Oh, we want you to come in and be a, a carpenter was the term he used. And I'd never heard it before. But it was like a, a guy that maybe not on TV, but just is wrestling uh, oh. live events and coaching. Like a player coach the, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, that's cool. And uh, so that was in I remember that. Yeah. And, I, and then I came back, and apparently they'd seen me two months earlier, and I, I must have gotten – either I got so much into bad shape or – the, the mind was turned, but they were like, uh, well, we're not selling fat old Eugene. You're fired. <laughs> Jeez. That's when they brought me to uh, Calgary, and I wrestled the Calgary kid who was Miz under the mask. Wow. Yeah. The, the, yeah the, I wasn't scheduled to be on the road. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, hey, can you come to Calgary? Yeah, contract on a pole match. Yeah. I wow. Knew, I knew it was coming. It's one of those things, right, brother? It's like uh, you always got to be waiting. You never know who's going to well, I mean, get a call. I don't know. I, I never felt Eugene was supposed to be a body guy. At the time, uh, I wasn't in the best shape. I could have been in better shape. But I, I don't know. Interesting ups and downs with, with WWE for sure, right? Yeah. Let me ask you this. When you when you were coaching there in 2009, who was in the system that's that's doing really well now? Is it like Sheamus and those guys? Well, when, when, yeah, when I was a coach, it was 2012, 2013. Gotcha. But Chad Gable was there. He was in my class. Braun Strowman was there. Sasha and Charlotte and all, all the girls were there. Kevin, gotcha. Kevin Steen had just got there. and So how are you coaching these guys when – because, you know, the NXT will bring in these – like a guy like Kevin Steen, for example, who's been main event on the indies for years, and they kind of bring him into a class system. What are you teaching him that he doesn't already know? And not just him, but just an ex- for an example. He came, like, right at the end of my time gotcha. there. But a lot of time I was the, the, the first guy, like – if they bring somebody in, let's say they have no talent, or even if they did, they would put them in my class first, and that was their time to get acclimated around. And if I need to show them the bumps and the running the ropes and just kind of, you know, the, the basics of the stuff, and then they would move to like uh, Norman was a coach and mm-hmm. Brookside and those guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, like everybody, each each coach had a, a skill or a, like a level level one, level two, level three, and then they would switch us off too, so it wasn't always the same stuff that we were. I would we think they would want to have you teach guys about character too that was the thing when i was coming in that they talked about but it really wasn't ever fleshed Mm -hmm. out all right i want to talk a little bit more about eugene as a character and the way that uh, he worked in the ring but before we do a quick thank you to geico for supporting talk is jericho i know all you guys listening own or rent your homes probably i know it's hard work but you know it's easy bundling policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your house. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Let's just talk a little bit more about, about Eugene as a character, because it really, when you were in the ring, because a lot of times, like, for example, like Val Venus, he was great character, but then when the match started, he would lose what made him a character. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can't, you know, swing your dick around or whatever, but how would you stay Eugene in the match? I don't know. Hmm. You know that, uh, that, that the Drew Carey documentary recently where he talks about being Andy Kaufman? 
Drew Carey? No, I'm sorry, Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he said that he just it just came out of him. Right. That's what it was like. Like, like I feel like today that I cannot do it as well as I did then. Right. Because it was just a time period. It was just a feeling, and I just especially when it was in the live crowd, and you could just immerse yourself in in the joy of what was going on. Hmm. Did you ever meet people who thought that you were real? Oh, yeah, most yeah. of them. Like, like when they first brought in all those. Uh, the Diva Search girls, like they had no clue, you know. And then there's Victoria going, "Oh, that's my coach, hey Eugene." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you went and did press, would you have to be in character? Oh, because that's was. how you met your wife. Yeah, she's sitting was. beside us right now, and yeah. you met her. What did you think of him uh, when he came into the studio? <laughs> yeah, he came in with William Regal, and they were both in character. And I'm just kind of like, okay, it was just really interesting. And then I ended up going to the show that night. The video? Yeah, the end of the commercial, because we did your commercial. Oh, yeah, so I hosted a TV show, and we were doing a promo, and they were standing on the side of me, and then later, the producer, like, called me into the editing suite, and she's like, um, come look at this, and so, like, right before Nick, Eugene, whatever, like, leaned back and, like, did the one up and down behind her, me. Her, her backside, you know, like, man, see what... Yeah, okay, not I'm bad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, but then um, when I went to the show, he had his hair all slicked back in Before a ponytail. Before that now, after we, we did her TV show first, and then we did, like, five or six radio spots, and every radio was on. I wasn't talking about the show. I was talking about, I just met Stephanie from, from Fox, and I want her to take me to Chuck E. Cheese, and Regal be like, calm down, Eugene. We have to talk about the show. Uh-uh, and I was going on, I, and I just I went on every radio station and talked about her, <laughs> and then we, we had asked her to come to the show, and she came. Yeah, and everybody was calling me and saying stuff, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I have no clue what's happening. But I went to the show that night, and it was. He did. He put on Axe body spray, had his hair all slicked back, was in dress clothes, and I'm just like, what in the world? Completely different person. So I was I was fooled at first. I really believed he was the character because he was so good at it. Yeah. Anywhere else in the world, it's, oh, there's Eugene and Mrs. Eugene. But in this city, it's, oh, there's Stephanie and her husband. Right, yeah. yeah. I do like the uh, the addition of the Axe body spray. <laughs> uh, talk about Regal for a bit. Did you do a lot of stuff with him? Yeah, well, I rode with him. When I first started, you know, as Eugene, we, we rode together. It was uh, he and I and uh, Tajiri. Wow. Yeah, what a motley crew that it is. A, it was a good crew. Tajiri never spoke. Every now and then he'd get on the phone and speak Japanese, but he'd always say like one thing as we're pulling the parking lot, you know, and it was always something that popped the car. <laughs> and I remember one time Regal got a, we were at a Cracker Barrel and they got a harmonica and he just wanted to get it just a bug to Jerry. So he played it, you know, nonstop for all his trip. The next morning we get up to Jerry and I are waiting for him to Jerry reach up and grabs that harmonica. <laughs> and then Regal got sent to SmackDown. And then I, that's when I had my knee surgery and I was off for a couple months, six months. And then when I came back was when Cena had come to Raw. Hmm. So then it was Cena and Tajiri and I that rode together. We didn't Cena for a while, and you might have been involved with this too, where it, ended up, it wasn't just Tajiri. Then Asai came in there, and then freaking Funaki was in there. He traveled all the Japanese guys. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was before I was with him. But I think it was like <laughs> six of them would try to get a, a hatchback or something and just cram everybody in. Dragon was in there too, I think. Yeah, yeah All yeah. of them. Who were some of your favorite uh, Eugene moments, like a la, you know, the, the general manager, Bouncy House? Was there other things like that that you did? I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. I was I was a general manager in Winnipeg. <laughs> I was in the ring with The Rock. I was on WrestleMania with Hulk Hogan. I even pinned Vince McMahon. Oh, tell us that. It was the DX against Vince and Shane feud. Mm. And uh, I don't remember how they lured me into the back. They put dump paint over my head. 
green paint and and and, and then they put, they put my head in the toilet you know and um it was where what else they do to me there in sioux city it's just beat up eugene oh and then i was in the ring and i think uh, it was vince and shane against eugene and they were just going to beat him up and they were going to beat him and it was but it was Shawn michaels go eugene should win you guys are doing all that stuff to him mm-hmm. so okay yeah so then at the very end I, I just rolled up vince one two three and then and then i was out and then all of a sudden he was oh my god you know uh, dx came out i think right before that they came out and diverted the attention and then i got the schoolboy win so and vince the worst wrestler ever he probably even screwed up the schoolboy it was fantastic <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about, uh, as, as we start to wind down here, about, uh, what's it called? Midwest? Midwest All Pro Wrestling. All Pro Wrestling. Yeah. So when you get these guys in off the street and, and as, as a coach, you know, and, and obviously you have to try and train everybody because you need as many bodies as possible. How is it for you training-wise? Do you have a set kind of list of, uh, you know, exercises and rules and plans that you have over a month what do you do when someone shows up and says i want to be a wrestler yeah our classes are normally monday uh tuesday and thursday evenings and when somebody comes in to start you know i want to get their cardio up and i want to get their core strong and i want them to have a good basics and bumping and then there's general list of moves that i have that i feel like everybody should be able to do and take and we just kind of work on that like what i take elbow off the ropes take a hip toss take a body slam you know just the, the basics um, and then at that time, like I kind of, you know, assess their strengths and weaknesses. And at the same time, so what, what do you think you want to do? What, what's your character going to be? And then we'll do like some, some promos in, in the, in the training center. And I just, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get, trying to accentuate their strengths and limit their weaknesses and limit them being unsafe. Right. You know, keep it simple, keep a hold on him and just, just, you know, work slow. Mm-hmm. Are some of you guys like like obviously you have your stars, your main event guys, mm-hmm. and what what constitutes like how are you deciding where to put these guys? Like what what stands out to you to say this guys are in my main event? Um, I mean just the way the crowd reacts to them, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time the guys that have put in time and they got out there and they got themselves over, and then I just try to pair them up. You know, he could work with him and. With the COVID, we kind of uh, weren't running as consistently, but for a while there, we were doing good. Last July, a coach came down and wrestled me in a Sioux Falls street fight. No, yeah, that's great for his uh, for his charity, the the, the heart the heart chair or something like that. I can't remember yeah, what yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. So, do you bring in guys like that once in a while? Yeah, we brought in. I brought in a ton. Carlito, Master yeah, Bischoff came in for me. Really? I was on his other his original podcast. Maybe not the one he has now, but. Uh, and he was like, oh, it'd be so great to see you. are like, well, you could come in and hit the wrestling. And he goes, okay, I'll do it for free, and you just give a donation to charity. So we have given uh, much like you helped us out with Feeding South Dakota when Bischoff came in. So are you doing Eugene when, when this these guys come in, or is it Nick Timmons? It's, it's kind of – because I also have to be the guy that goes, I take the tickets. Right. And, and, and I, I kind of – we my wife and I open up the show. So in the ring, it's a, a little Eugene, but other times it's, you know, head of the company. Now, do you uh, have TV here? No, no. Okay, no. is that something you would want to try and get local? Is that even is that even a thing anymore? Local TV? It is, it is. But I don't know. I assume it would be a strength. But you like it better just doing it. No, old I, would, I would love to have a TV show. Gotcha. Yeah, I'd love to have a territory so that we could have TV in Aberdeen and up to Fargo and, and places like that. Just uh, haven't put it all together yet. Mm-hmm. That's not something that you want you'd want to do. Yeah, in the well, future. I'm, I'm recording everything, and then I learned how to edit and do graphics and. I'll edit it up and I've, I've chopped it up and put it together like a TV show. Um, so many things that I'm sure you never even thought about when you decided to put together a promotion. Nonstop, right? nonstop. And, and and it's just you two guys. You have an assistant. No, nope, just us. Just us. That's it. Yeah, and then we, when we go out and we find businesses to, that'll sponsor us and find new venues, 
as well as promote the school, promote the upcoming shows, go out and get in the shows. That really is old school territory wrestling. That's all I know how to do. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right, huh? Talk about the, your four buds, the three buds. What's Rob doing now? What's Damager and what's Danny doing? Doug. Um, Rob is in New Albany, Indiana still, I believe, but he started doing some, not the bodybuilding, but the... Uh, I can't remember, but it's a bodybuilding, but it's a different class. The CrossFit or something? Yeah, but, or? He, but he's, I think he got his pro card. I'm not sure it might be bodybuilding, but it was the, the guys who wear the board shorts. The, oh, yeah, yeah. The, like the physique, physique the physique class. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. yeah. And he's doing he, real well at that. He always had an awesome build. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, a couple years back, he was NWA champion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He stayed in the biz. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he, he, I saw the other day he might be accepting bookings, but I don't think he accepts that many bookings. Gotcha. Because he's focusing on his uh, bodybuilding. Uh, Doug's in Indianapolis uh, working. I'm not sure what he does. I mean, mm-hmm. I text him every now and then. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, Danny Basham is in Florida. I think outside, I can't remember. It's in Southern Florida, but he, I think he's a, either athletic director or a principal of a school. Hmm. Uh, married. He's got a couple kids. Yeah. Because, like I said, you four guys are like the, the four all-stars down there yeah. you know what was your uh you, when you talk about your favorite matches that you ever had which ones stand out for you mm, like doug basham and i we we cornet wrote an entire hour tv show and we were the entire thing we did a two out of three falls match that went like 48 or 50 minutes and then the, the, that was the entire show wow at, at the time rip like like the graduation of the, of the training was uh, you in the ring, you in the ring, you're a babyface, you're a heel, one hour Broadway, go. Really? Yeah. And that was it. You, 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 you had to know what to do. That's how Rip would train guys. Progress to get to that. You know, of course, that, that, of course, of goal. course. And uh, Doug and I were the first to do it in practice. Hmm. And then since then, like a lot of guys have done it. Some guys have gone 90 minutes, I think. And Jeez. Just, you know. It surprises me that Rip doesn't have a little bit more presence in the business because as a trainer, I always heard he was excellent. Yeah, he is. He's really good. I mean, he, he, he he's a brain and I picked... He taught me how to work in front of a live live crowd and just how to how to over pantomime and just work the crowd. I don't know if maybe he opens his mouth in a in an unpolitical way that, yeah, yeah. that gets him. He's he's always on that Twitter machine too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, he used to make lemonade out of lemons and sugar <laughs> yep. and water and yep. like free lemonade, right? <laughs> <laughs> what a business. Uh, last question for you: What was your your favorite Eugene match? Probably one of the tag titles with Regal. I was, it was in Indianapolis. My mom was there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Were you guys kind of an odd couple? What was the relationship between Regal and Eugene? Yeah, just the, they Bischoff put Eugene with Regal, and, and Regal detested, and then Bischoff progressed to saying, okay, well, you're going to have to make him lose, so, so, he, so he leaves. And then Regal started to become hesitant. It was like the first time that the Regal character ever showed any, like, compassion for someone. And then, uh, then he started to defend me, and when I did the angle with Hunter... Uh, he got beat up, I mean, blood bad, and they put him on that the stretcher, the gurney, and then rolled him down, and rolled over, and he took all the heat. And wow, that's right. Yeah, talk about the. Th- I forgot about the, the angle with Hunter because that was a big deal too. Yeah, when when you just started to get over, all of a sudden I saw a lot of the the more veteran guys. Hey, but we could do this. We yes, can do this. Okay. Of course. Okay, and then the one who did was was Hunter. He slipped right in there because we started on highlight reel when I uh, became a uh, unofficial. Or extended, where they said extended member of of uh, Evolution, honorary member of uh, this honorary, honorary member of Evolution. Evolution. Yeah, he signed eight by ten and gave me the shirt. And Regal's like, get away from him, and and then they they strung Eugene along for however long it was going on. You know, make fun of him, and then he come in, hey buddy, right? You know, why, why don't you do this? And you know, getting Eugene to cause destruction or do stuff to screw out the baby faces until when was the fight? Did you guess oh, it? No, they beat me up and. Uh, 
think we were in Massachusetts. I got the color, and then all of a sudden, it was all in my eyes. I couldn't see. And I had to take RKO and Batista's thing, the, the bomb, and the, the pedigree, and then I rolled. And I got a kick to the face, and that shoot busted me open on the other side and gave me concussion. Damn. So didn't you work with Hunter like at SummerSlam or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I remember that. And then the, the next year I worked with Angle. Because when I got back, back from the knee, uh, the knee injury, uh, Angle was doing the, the Angle Challenge, three-minute Angle Challenge, and then Eugene came out, and I lasted the three minutes and won his gold medal. And he was really upset. He chased <laughs> me. He had so many good ideas, like all these comedy ideas about uh, he was going to do something like he broke his jaw, so he had a mouthpiece. And then he was going to have the airport and have the guy there with, with Eugene sign, the guy there with Kurt Angle sign, and I come out with the gold medal. Oh, you must be you must be the gold medalist. Come with us. And, and there's uh, uh, Kurt Angle with the mouthpiece, and he can't talk like that. He's screaming. Oh, you must be Eugene. Come on. <laughs> and Kurt gets the limousine. Put him in the short bus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they were building his heat for Cena, so he said, no, no, d just kill him. So he just beat the bejesus out of me for <laughs> seven weeks or eight weeks, however long our angle was. How was your match with Hunter at SummerSlam? It was good. Uh, well... I forgot about that. The match was good, but it was in Toronto. Right, I remember, yeah. And all of a sudden, we go there, and Eugene was hated. Really? Hey, oh, boo, and they loved Hunter. And it was like the first time where I, I think I might have even, I don't know if I broke character, but I just, I, I didn't know what to do. I just kept putting my face in the mat. Wow. You know, I, I, looking back now, I should have just, I should have started whining at them and, and really, but then that goes against kind of the dynamic of the, the, right, the, right, right, the right. leader of the match there. I remember that, because they always talk about Toronto being bizarre yeah, land yeah, or whatever, yeah. but yeah, they, they did not like Eugene. Yeah. What was the finish? Hunter beat you? Yep. Of course, right, yeah. Man, the, 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 lots of great uh, great moments, though. I want to tell you one thing. I remember uh, 2003, I was still in OVW, and uh, I got a Christmas card from Chris Jericho family, Pose on the Beach, and I thought that was the coolest thing ever. I had it up on my refrigerator. I still got it somewhere, but I'm a refrigerator for, for so long. Oh, cool. Now, I'm just an you know, or, or a, a developmental guy, and I, I know we'd met, but it was like, you know, but you sent you know, to me, oh, man, that was awesome. Ah, cool, man. Well, I pre I'm glad we got to see each other here uh, uh, to get back in each other's Christmas card lists. Yes. <laughs> Good luck with Midwestern. Midwest All Pro Wrestling right here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> MidwestAllPro.com. <laughs>